You are now tuned in to episode 13, episode 13 of Sports Bra live from Red Bull Arts, New York. I'm here with Brooklyn native, not from uh, Clinton Hills with a S, but Clinton Hill, Four Green Cusp. Anais Cisco, please welcome her to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here from Brooklyn, Clinton Hill. <laughs> Singular. Yes. No. Yes. Singular. Yes. There's no hills, actually, but, well. Maybe. It's kind of Yeah, it is. I, I live you, on a hill. <laughs> if you run. It's not like the hills in San Francisco, but, um, yeah. It's enough uphill for me to get a little winded. It's a true story. When I hit, like, Emmanuel trying to run, mm-hmm. you know, get my little jog on. So I came across... Anais on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I saw that you were working on what at the moment looked to be a very intriguing film on a young girl who's also a basketball player. Yeah. We connected. I hit the DM hard (laughs) because auntie, when she sees something she wants, she slides in the DM. I appreciate that. And you got back to me and you sent over this link to this very, very amazing short film. Thank you. That everybody need to see. When she releases it, you need to be clicking play <laughs> or paying for it or however this works. Um, how did you, girl, where did it come from? Um, I don't know. It came from, I guess, like, I'm from Jersey. Okay. And, like, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. So it was, like, Brick City. is Brick City. Right. So there's, I, there's no more bricks in Brick City. But. I got to correct it. So it's not BK native, BK resident. Yes. Brooklyn transplant. Like, Brooklyn, Brooklyn transplant. is home. I played a lot of basketball in these courts in um, Brooklyn as a young kid. And so it was important to tell the story here mm-hmm. because I played for, like, Joe and brooklyn at ps 113 on the boys team and Mm -hmm. on the girls team oh wow yeah and so um so you're a ball this this is uh from you directly so you're a baller yeah 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 i played basketball while we were playing shooting this film like we took a halftime break and had a game where the cast and the crew teamed up and played against each other um just in some school in brooklyn and like this is the kind of set I want to be on. <laughs> when I say I had a lot of fun shooting this really serious project, I'm dead ass serious. Like, so then let's re- let's pause it on the film and let's rewind to your your career as a basketball player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm washed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, not me too. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go. I had dreams of going to college and playing basketball. I'm from Jersey. My school, University High in Newark. We were like New Jersey conference champions, beat Trenton High School, which is like a tough team. Yeah. Played at the Continental Airline Arenas when they were not the, well, when they were the Continental and not the IZOD. Um, but I thought I was going to go to college and play basketball, but I tore my ACL and my meniscus and like my junior year and was like, oh, how the fuck am I going to get to college? I got to use my brain. So I went to, I came here to New York City to go to school for accountant and I went to Baruch. And it was like, Baruch was like, you don't belong here. They kicked me out. <laughs> Get your ass out of here. <laughs> they kicked me out. And I was like, word, damn. All right. What, what, what will I do? I started working at an arts organization in Harlem called mm-hmm. the Mama Foundation. And I think being surrounded by teenagers who could sing their asses off was really, like, inspiring. <clears throat> and I knew I wanted to be a director, like this director of the program, but a director of what I wasn't sure yet. And uh, one of the off-Broadway plays got changed into a film. Uh, so I'm not not sure if you heard of Mama Wanna Sing. 
Yes. So, right. It's like this historic off-Broadway play. Everybody from Shaka Khan, Shirley Caesar, Tisha Campbell have has played in this role. And it was converted into a film. Um, and Ciara was playing uh, the lead. And Lynn Whitfield, Billy Zane. I remember this. So, right. It was like one of those straight-to-BET movies. But <laughs> it's still... <laughs> Mama... <laughs> Mama, I want to sing. <laughs> well, Sierra, that shit should have been called Mama, I Want to Dance. Yo, really. <laughs> um, but having the experience of seeing what it took to be on a film set was uh, really striking for me. And I think I connected with one of the crew members and was like, ah, oh, I think I want to be a director of a film. Of film. So I went into, uh, I guess, undergrad at Queens College and studied film studies. And there I was like, all right, we learned about film history, but where are the black people at? Like in the 1820s, like Word. when sound wasn't there, like I'm sure black people, we've been here. So you can't tell me like we're just coming into these films in 1960s and 70s with black exploitation. Um, and so I would challenge a lot of the things that they were teaching me in class and would go outside of uh, the available resources and try to find people who look like me, whether it be black, queer or woman. It was like where the representations of people of color. Um, and so I left Queens College, went on. And while I was here in New York City, I still worked in film and television because it was like my only way of gaining production experience. So I like work for every network here because in New York City, you do everything. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I started at Fuse, been at MTV. And I'm still, even in film school, I still take on like TV gigs of producing uh, the BET post-show, um, like the After Party Live, which I call it BET Summer Camp. One, because it's like the only time I get to work with black people, but, <laughs> and being the only black person in my cohort, it means a lot to want to like work in production with black people yeah. and not just hire them um, as a part of your crew, but also be your colleagues. Um, and so I went on to San Francisco State University and that's where I am a film student and film professor and all these other things there that they train you to be. Um, but yeah, it's really just going in there to create space and claim that black people need to be on the screen and that they've been on the screen and tell more stories. Telling the stories. What position did you play? Shooting guard. Shooting guard. Yeah, the two, like passing, like I was probably one of those people that I get in for like two seconds just so you could hit a three. Ah. <laughs> so I'm about to start this 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 team of washed up basketball yo, lady basketball on. players. We need that. Like, Listen, dead ass. Like I keep telling people, like yo, there's always these leagues for dudes to play after college, after high school. Where the girls are? Like we, where the women? We can't play. It's so. gonna be called the Washed Women's League. Put me on. <laughs> you gonna start? I, I can be the point Six man. I can be point guard. No, no, no. All right, cool, cool. You cool. starting? At, you starting that shooting guard? Sweet. Starting that shooting it, guard. Let's do it. Set it up. Can I get number five? Of course you can. I'm number <laughs> 11. You can have five, even though I love number five because Don Staley, I think, was usually always Yo, number five. Yo, Don Staley was number five. Listen, book. shouts out to Don Staley, shouts who, to, now that I'm saying. in a, I've moved up, maybe she can come see me at Red Bull Studios because that's where we are today. Come through. She's from Jersey now. She's, she's from Philly. She's from Philly. Right. She's from Philly. Hey, she's from the East Coast. She's down. She knows what's up. All right. So, girl, the main character, what is, uh, what's her name? Skylar. Skylar. Yeah. Not to be confused with Skylar Diggins. Nah, but just to be called Sky. Sky. Yeah. Hopeful. It's a good name. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I took that name from like a kid that I used to watch in daycare. Like I worked at a daycare in Newark once and it was this little girl named Skylar. Named Skylar. Yeah, but she wasn't like gender fluid or anything, but I just liked her name. 
So when did you start working on this film? Um, I started working on it, I guess, my first year at San Francisco State <clears throat> in a class called Sexuality and, nah, it was in a class called Cultural Studies and Cinema. And the professor was really dope and was teaching us about intimacy and uh, what it is to be intimate with your audience as a filmmaker. And I was thinking about ways to kind of use this film to... I guess give voice to people who aren't who don't usually have uh, the position <clears throat> to speak or to tell their stories, and I just wanted to make this film about a young girl navigating a space where she's left alone and left alone in questions about her gender, questions about when her mother is going to return, and questions about what's wrong with her father. And uh, yeah, that's how I started to develop it. And initially, it was going to be called Away because it's about kind of moving from a middle-class mother to a low-income father and what that uh, transition is like for a young girl who is just left alone often and having to move from space to space. Um, And then I was like, ah, what is this film about? Like, initially, I think I had the father die at the end, and it was too much. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he wakes up, or they both wake up in the bed, and he's deceased. And while I was developing it, I think um, that was just too much for uh, the audience that I was kind of workshopping my script with. Mm. And I was like, okay, I can hear that. Maybe he doesn't have to die. Maybe it's just like she escapes this abuse. I wanted her to kind of be triumphant in um, being able to launch herself out of his room, even if it's not physically but mentally. Yeah, because I've just seen the film and it got dark real quick i was like oh my god this cute little girl reminds me of myself Mm -hmm. little young leslie basketball playing (laughs) (laughs) always being challenged by boys Mm -hmm. in the street to play basketball Mm -hmm. and then there's this moment in the film i won't like give it away but there's a moment where uh she escapes Mm -hmm. and there's an element of i don't know can i say an element of abuse yeah okay yeah so it really caught me off guard I think that was your point as a as a, as a writer and yeah, a director. Yeah, I think uh, what I was faced with in writing this is like, ah, oh, there's no hints at this abuse happening. And it would make me uncomfortable if this father said things that was like really explicit to the fact that he was abusing this girl. Um, so, yeah, and abuse doesn't, is not normally like set up like, hey, there's abuse that's about to happen. Yeah. This is a red flag. Um, it kind of just happens. And this is... For this young girl, I think um, an experience that keeps reoccurring and she expects it and has learned to escape it uh, each time it happens. And um, the point of making a film about abuse is really important for me to say that I am not trying to deem the black man as violent, rapist or any of that, but more so talk about how these things happen um, because it's really common. And I don't think enough space for people to talk about incest or uh, sexual abuse, especially for a young girl and what that is, what that means for her and um, having the space to even say, or this is wrong or this is not wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think I was really concerned about the actor, uh, Kiana. The young girl. Yeah. Um, and her actual present life uh, to take on this role and how she would be 
how she would process these encounters with men moving forward um, and with her own father who's present in her life and feeling like this father was similar to hers, um, but not in the abuse part, but in the loving and like the coldness and the distance that is still a form of an emotion, um, but just not in a typical way. Um, so yeah, I was hoping that she wouldn't take this on or she, I, I don't know, I'm still mindful of what's going to happen when I show her this final product. So you had to obviously address this like to her directly once Absolutely. you casted From her and made sure her, her parents before she auditioned. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've recently seen um, there was that film on HBO with Laura Dern, and it's about some woman who didn't realize she, her mother found some her diary mm. and found out that she had been in a relationship when she was a teen mm. with her like track coach. Interesting. But she was she thought she was in a consensual relationship, but the guy was like forty years old. Wow. Um, and the mom was like, "What happened to you?" And she was like, "Nothing. I was in a relationship mm -hmm. when I was thirteen. Mm -hmm. She was like, "Girl, you were thirteen. He was forty. Um, but they talked about how she that director had to handle that with. The, with the both the man and the young girl actor um yeah i um i was inspired by mysterious skin mm -hmm. which is like a film about these two young boys who are sexually abused by their baseball coach mm. and the coach and i guess one of them is trying to remember because he pushed the memory out and as he's this teenager he's trying to remember what happened to him and is trying to find all these pieces but uh, the director of that film and shooting those abuse scenes like, there's a fisting scene in that film wow. where the 10-year-old boy, like, puts his arm and the coach's uh, rear, but they shoot it in two different scenes, like, two different worlds. The kids are mm -hmm. never in the same scene yeah. as the coach, and it was like, damn, the beauty of film. Like, you got to be real careful. Exactly. And you have to, so. It's like a magician, the sleight of hand. <laughs> no pun intended. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Okay. So. Yeah. <clears throat> You're casting. How do you go about casting a, a young lady baller in Brooklyn? Well, one, as a black filmmaker, like you want your, and you're dealing with children, like I wanted my cast to feel safe and can trust me. So I knew that it had to be our audition, our initial meeting place had to be a safe space. So I like rented a room and what is it? Ripley Jire, Ripley Greer Studios in the city. And um, her and her mom came. First, I had a phone call with her and her mom, and she was on speaker, and she was with it. And then I met her in person, and after her audition, you know, we just had a conversation about, like, what she felt. And um, I don't, this Kiana is really serious and really dope. I really love this girl. She's like my little sister. She's a Sag. Her name's Kiana. My name's Anais. We just had so many parallels. And it was like... I don't know. She never played basketball ever, but really loved like doing this role. And I think when we were shooting the film, she was like, I look like a boy. And I was like, I think that's that's the point. That's the that's point. <laughs> that's great. So did you have to kind of give her a little like, uh, I guess, basketball lessons? I um Yeah, but that was a day of like she didn't really need it. She's like a natural. She yeah, those. I just kind of showed her how to take a charge from her dad, like in the scene where he's like being really aggressive. Um but also to show that there's some trust and love and intimacy between this father and daughter. And, like, I mean, how many films do we get to see with a father and the daughter paired yeah. together? And then integrate some basketball. Yeah. I think I had the hardest problem with casting the father um, and gaining his trust. Uh, the father who plays uh, father, 
I didn't want to name him because I didn't want to name or deem any one person as an abuser, but more so just this role, this power of being a father. Um, it's a very powerful position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a scary position uh, from the other end, being her, being Kiana or Skylar mm. in this film. Um, and he he got it. I think it was really, we had a table read and that got really tense. And normally when I have a table read, we do it like a few times mm -hmm. and just kind of give each other notes. Um, we only was able to do it once. And after that, he was like, I'm good. I got to go. <laughs> I feel really emotional. Yeah. And I was like, okay, do you guys need a moment to breathe? Like what? And he's like, nah, I think this just comes with the role. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So you're not trying to walk away from this. But no, he was really open to it. And I, I didn't really have to direct much. Um, they understood. I think what was important is that I establish a relationship with these actors, not just as my hiring them as actors, but as people who are helping me tell this really difficult story. What <clears throat> was the choice to have basketball as her means of also of bonding with her father, but also how she escaped? Um, was that 100 percent because you grew up playing basketball? Yeah, I guess so. I feel like yes. Um, but in also trying to emphasize, uh, well, yeah, yes and no. Initially, when it was away, there was no basketball. When it was titled away, then when it became evolved into girl, basketball, for some reason, um, became a thing. And I think that I uh, sprinkled more basketball in it because these actors were really drawn. Like the father actor, he was like, oh, yeah, I can play basketball. I can do all of this. And I was like, oh. Huh. All right, that would be interesting to kind of like rework this father character into being more like a coach. And um, really to say like things are passed on, like abuse is passed on. Those who are abused have been abused. And so and basketball and him being a father, he's learned not to father, but to coach and not from just watching basketball, but from his own experiences with his father, probably. But because it's a short film, I can only focus on the interiority of this young girl. And it's really just about her and her closeness with her dad and um, just ways that she has to claim space in order to protect herself. Like she's hiding in the bathroom in the beginning of the film. It's not hiding, but like kind of just spending too much time in the bathroom just so she's not too close to him. Um, but he still calls her. And that moment where he allows her to go outside is a moment of freedom for her. And so it kind you can of see becomes, it. Yeah, it becomes less tense, much lighter. You can see it on the bike, dealing with uh, running into her, her neighborhood friend. Yeah. Always talking junk, young boy trying to challenge her to play basketball. Yo, and the braids, man. The braids are key for basketball, period, yo. So it's just such a, I mean, I don't think there's been any hairstyle that has dominated one area, one sport, <laughs> right. like a cornrow. Right, right, right. right. Uh, Alan Iverson, is his, I mean, even though she said let your else be well, but I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say AI. Teaching this young girl about Latrell Sprewell and Alan Iverson was hilarious. Like she, we had to Google photos just so she can reference them. And um, because I wanted the film to take place in 2001. For some reason, I don't know why, it just felt like, ah, I, I wanted it to have like a dated feel to it or feel like it's an older piece, but also be timeless. Like, oh, this can be now or then. Um, oh, yeah, because I'm thinking about like the setup, the design of <clears throat> how the their home was uh, decorated. Yeah. And now that you said that, 
it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I um, yeah, for some reason I wanted it to feel like it's a past, but um, still have like a beautiful uh, texture to the piece. Um, again, the piece that you saw is really rough. There's no sound design. I edited the film, which is probably not the best, but um, it needs to really go through um, someone who can tighten up all of those pieces and color grade it in the way that it deserves to be. Um, and I just found out that I received a distributing and post-production grant. Let's give a round of applause yes. for that. Yeah. It's going to happen yes. on the yeah. post. Hey. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's huge, like receiving funding, like a $3,000 grant to finish the film and also submit it into uh, different festivals is what I want to do. But not only that, also go to these different high schools with young or middle schools where girls are playing basketball and experiencing these close relationships that they can't necessarily read as um, inappropriate or not. Um, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm I am curious about where you think this film belongs. I guess in a greater, in a larger conversation on sports, but also uh, young girls and women in sports. And have you connected with any women, uh, any maybe any prominent figures or any uh, other? Uh, sports platform is about possibly you know reviewing or being interviewed about the film uh not yet um that's my goal what i wanted to do well one like i just shot this film in april okay. and then i had to kind of like complete it within like three weeks for my school because i i um i completed this project I, I received a scholarship right and i was like okay in my second year you're not required to do a film but i'm gonna do a film just to keep the momentum going and i took on an independent study was like, I'm going to use the scholarship, make this movie. Made the movie, and now I'm, like, finished or, like, at a good place. I want to hand it off to someone else to finish it. But um, I also want to come together with different organizations here in New York, also in New Jersey, in the Bay Area. Um, I am affiliated with Real Works Brooklyn, and they support uh, teenagers making films. So I had to, I was able to lead a young 17 18 year old student to complete her own film um but with this film i would love to like talk to girl teams all over or that be an opening for me to get into the schools in that way and um integrating arts and sports for some reason or i knew what love and basketball did for me that shit i saw love and basketball once and then i was like i'm going to be sanaa lathan period like <laughs> i don't know who Nah, not her, but Sonali then. <laughs> and um Monica. Yo, Monica, yes. My and favorite line in the whole movie is, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Monica. It's a, a brilliant line. It's a great, such a great Who directed line. that? Sana Amari? Or? Yeah, it's a woman. It's so crazy. We'll talk about this yeah, yeah. off microphone, but this movie just came back around for me recently. Um, so I'm so happy that you said that. But it was they. It was a female uh, director, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I remember seeing that movie in the theater. It was, uh, and I was so happy that the full at the end she came back and she was like, "There's this new league. <laughs> Women are playing basketball. Yes, yes. I think it's it's the WNBA." <laughs> <laughs> but it was what was so important, I think, or profound about the film was as a child her desire to play in the NBA versus the WNBA. Yeah. And um, that's what I thought, though. Yeah. I mean, growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though I'm like, for some of you guys out there who haven't, <laughs> who hasn't seen Auntie, <laughs> Auntie's a shorty. I am five, three. 
<laughs> uh, barely. And you could not tell me I was not going to be an NBA. No, same. No, same. What do you mean? Until I tore my ACL and meniscus. And I was like, oh, this is a real injury. There's, I have to wear crutches and learn how to walk again. Yes, Until no. I did not grow over 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> And got to high school and start smoking that dope. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather go to the party than practice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck practice, we're going through the trap. Nah, yo, I'm from Jersey where I play with a lot of dope basketball players. Like, and I've seen some great women. Like, I, I got to see my T. Ajavon, like, play for Rutgers before they were nappy-headed. Hoes, exactly. fuck Don Imus. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and like seeing high schools compete and win state, like win titles. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm cool. the opposite. <laughs> I've always, I mean, I've always been a decent basketball player. But I remember we played against this school uh, in Atlanta. Oh, I'm f- Holy Innocence mm. in Atlanta. And they had this girl on the team who was going to Duke. And she, I'm like, if this is what it takes to be. Go to the next level. I don't have it. She almost <laughs> killed me. I tried to take a charge. Chill. And she literally like ran over me. And I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> My days are done. Yeah, man. I thought the same once I saw this woman from Bishop Lachlan dunk. I was like, oh, <laughs> we at high school? <laughs> like, they dunking now? I'll be on the side over here. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I, I, maybe go. I can be a, 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 a water girl. Yo, this there was women scoring a hundred points in high school, and no. I was like, wow. And from New York teams, I always wanted to go to Bishop Lachlan or Mary Bertram because they had the best basketball team. But like, I just love Bishop Lachlan so much because I walked past one day and saw the boys lacrosse, the lacrosse team, mm-hmm. and it was all little black boys playing lacrosse. <laughs> and I stopped on my bike and started crying. Wow. I was, I was like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> Look at them. <laughs> you know, when you think about lax bros, like mm-hmm. I went to high school in Atlanta to a private school, so I know about laxing it up. Wow. And then I see all these little brown boys playing lacrosse, and I'm like, this is what the Native Americans were thinking when they started this. <laughs> Yo, the worst thing about playing basketball, I think, on um, for against white schools, was like all of the white players looked alike, and there were times that they didn't have numbers on the front of their jerseys. And oh, so you really had to chase their backs. Like, wait, is that your man's or that's your man's? <laughs> the worst was like playing white teams. Them motherfucking girls could shoot. Yo, they can shoot. They can dri- They do the basic one, two, they three. They can shoot. Lay it up. My ass out there trying to <laughs> shake and bake. <laughs> Almost broke my own ankle. Nah, I love seeing the mom referees, the black women referees. Like, those those are my favorites. I was like, all right, if I can't do this basketball, I'm going to just be a ref. Just had them greasy shoes. <laughs> the greasy sneaker. Yes. Nah, but they had the tucked-in shirts, and they always had nice breasts. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they were, they were tuck- we see what you was looking at. It was like, all right, cool. I'm so like, take the ball out. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right, wait, now? Or- nah. All right, cool. They do. <laughs> so, this film, mm-hmm. you said it's not fully, it's not complete. Not yet. Not but yet. when it is, mm-hmm. where can the people follow you? Where can they come I'm see? i like, wh- to every festival in New York, in New Jersey, and the on in the bay area um i'm just gonna follow the same steps that i did in the first film like my first film breathless is like a narrative inspired by the killing of eric garner and it's uh and it's also inspired by ramsey orda the man who captured his killing Mm. um so and that has gone 
two places I'm like, oh, this first film that I did, people actually like it. But this film, I feel like this was like a passion project that I needed to do. And I want to give it the time and the space that it deserves to be finished and also create spaces, safe spaces to have these conversations, not only about basketball, but about abuse and incest. Like, and people who don't even know how to recognize like abuse is happening. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna submit. Like now that I got this grant, it's definitely getting submitted. It's so, on and popping. I don't gotta pay for it. They pay for it. So. They paying for it. Run so, that check. Yo, you know the best spot. I'm also gonna have like I. It's important that I put together a uh, screening event for the cast and crew in Brooklyn. So I'm gonna do it in Clinton Hill. Last year I did it in Williamsburg because I shot my film in Williamsburg. But in Williamsburg houses the projects that uh, because everyone thinks Williamsburg is gentrified and yuppie hipster central. Where nah, there's a lot of black and brown people who a live lot in the of projects. Them. A lot of And they them. have a unique project housing structure where mm-hmm. it's like the shorter buildings, they're lighter. They're not like the seventeen story dense, tall mm, other parts Marcy of Brooklyn projects. and Queens. Right. Yeah. This is in Williamsburg and um the bodega is not only a th- like a central location in this film, but also my previous film. Because like that's an extension of home. Yeah, and that's um, second home. Yeah, and like in Jersey, I always heard everybody going and be like, oh, "What's up, Ock?" And so like, even though he's not, well, that is Ock in this film. But in my first film, I had Ock. Uh, I had a Puerto Rican person play Ock. Mm. Why? Because he, I was kind of playing with gender, race, and class with uh, breathless. Um, but in this one, I wanted the main, ca- I wanted the cashier to misread her as a boy mm-hmm. one because like when you go into stores they see you but they don't see you sometimes and so and it also happens when you're absolutely. a young girl you don't know how basketball many times. clothes on <laughs> yo i've been race. misidentified as a boy for so long and it's cool now but, but <laughs> and, and now you've made a film called girl with a y with a y, with a y. thank you so much for taking flight with me air auntie and we're gonna you know we're gonna BT. keep everybody posted about the happenings, about this film, and how they can support it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving black basketball players and women a platform to talk their shit and ball off the court. Because, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Pull up my, my whole <laughs> chain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Later. No doubt. Auntie, auntie, auntie.